In the first chapter of Luke's Gospel, Our Lady declared in her beautiful canticle of praise that her soul magnified the Lord. Wouldn't it be amazing to take that same spirit and cultivate it in the life of our families? Today's guest, Chantal Howard, is here to share three ways to magnify God in your homeschool. Welcome to Homeschooling Saints, the podcast that helps you create the homeschool you love for the people you love. Our host is Lisa Maladnik, a Catholic life coach, TV host, best-selling author, and an instructor at Homeschool Connections. Before we get started, remember to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you're watching on YouTube, click the bell to join our channel. Hi, I'm Lisa Maladnik, your host, and today our guest Chantal Howard will share three ways to magnify God in your homeschool. Chantal Howard is a certified master strategist and the director of the Wholeness Coaching School. As a successful entrepreneur, certified health coach, and mindset coach, Chantal has helped hundreds of men and women up-level their well-being, businesses, and relationships. Her leadership experience spans 10 years of faith-based ministry development, high-level sales performance, and training business leaders. Additionally, she is an active doTERRA wellness advocate and the creator of Aroma Rosary. Chantal is married to Dr. Peter Howard, STD, who is the founder of the Fulton Sheen Institute. As a homeschooling mother of six children, her divine purpose is to raise up the next generation of leaders who know how to dream, design, and discipline their lives into the greatness of their own callings. Chantal lives with her family in Sandpoint, Idaho, where together they enjoy a simple life. Surrounded by the beauty of the lakes, mountains, and wholesome community, you can find her at Chantal-Howard.com. And Chantal is with one L. It's how it sounds. It's in the show notes or aromarosary.com. That'll take you both ways to Chantal and all the wonderful things she's doing. She's amazing. It doesn't really sound <laughs> like a simple life, Chantal. Um, maybe you'll come clean in our conversation so. today, but, but you're doing so many beautiful things that are coming out of your own fiat. Um, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Yeah, I must admit I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> the simple life. Huh. <laughs> yeah. No, it's what I aspire to, Lisa. Let's be honest. I think uh, I think in so many respects we all long for that uh that life of beautiful rhythm and peace and serenity just, you know, basking in in the beauty of creation, being prayerful, singing music, eating wholesome food, right? This is this is my aspiration and some days we touch it and so we'll leave it at that. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it because those wholesome values shine through in all the many things that you do. It's really, it's very consoling always to spend time with you because those values are so clear. Um, yeah. And so I like to start by defining terms because we don't all maybe know the Magnificat or, yeah. or know exactly how you're coming at it. So why don't we start by defining this idea of magnifying God? It's beautiful. Yeah. Well, a little backstory to today's conversation, which will help set the stage is this last uh, October, I'm sorry, August, um, we hosted a family camp, something that we've done, uh, gosh, I don't know, seven, 10 years in a row. It's been, it's been a, a venture that my family has participated in a long time, gathering families in the wilderness, you know, just truly entering into a beautiful space, setting up a uh, wilderness sanctuary for our Lord, having a priest and religious come and and nurture our souls and let the kids play almost 
unhindered. They get to kind of really have, they have to navigate what they can do and how they can play in the woods and the wilderness and together and games. And, and there's some chaos too, of course, <laughs> whenever you put, you know, 80 people together, uh, it's, you know, food and all of that. Anyway, the theme, it, it happened that the camp landed on the feast of the assumption. And so we gave it a very Marian theme and the theme was magnify. And we had on our water bottles, a magnifying glass. And when you looked through the magnifying glass, there was an image of our lady. Mm. And so the, on the, on all the little camper water bottles was this huge magnifying glass. And, and that was the theme that we really leaned into. And yes, it stems from the Magnificat. So to, to your point, what does magnified mean? And where does this stem from? And in the Catholic tradition, we really lean heavily into Our Lady's message that she, her song, if you will, that she sang uh, to Elizabeth, my soul magnifies the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. And this is the echo lingers in all our hearts. It's what we we aspire to do. It's what we want to participate in. And like that magnifying glass, right? Our lady not only magnifies the Lord, but in turn, we each get to magnify the Lord like she did. And, um, and we do that through our lives. And, and in the context of our homeschooling, it's one of the, I know the most cherished and desired outcomes that, that most, most families have is how do we, how do we raise kids for the kingdom? Yeah. And these three kind of secrets or tips about magnifying God in our homeschools, I want to just let you introduce them in your own way. But I love that our faith becomes this kind of set of mysteries or kind of quietly opening doors that we walk through that wouldn't necessarily be expected by those who who don't have this lens of faith. So take us into it however you want to unpack it for us, Chantel. Mm. Can't wait to hear these three things. Yeah, so I'll keep you on the hook a little bit. So you, I'll p- unpack one at a time, which means you have to keep listening if you want all three. <laughs> um, but suffice it to say, like Our Lady, they're simple. And they're simple is not always easy, though, is it? In business, it's not easy. In raising children, it's not easy. We always talk about, even like you said, the simple life doesn't necessarily mean it's an easy life. And so these virtues and these these attributes that we seek to embody in our in our homeschooling equally are they're simple but they're not easy and um so that's a little bit of the like where we're headed right we're headed up the mountain and every homeschool venture we are headed towards the summit this isn't for the faint of heart right like the lord says the road is broad for those that are headed to perdition right but those who choose me the path is narrow and it's steep and it's hard to climb um but who doesn't love a good adventure Right. And so as you're stepping into your homeschooling and many of you, I know our listeners, like many are veterans who've been in it for 20 plus years, <laughs> you know, like me, or you've got, you know, and just, you're just beginning and it feels really steep at times. Um, so let's look at our first, our first attribute. The first attribute that helps us magnify the Lord in our homeschool is gratitude. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and again, I will say this is also this is largely inspired by uh, the the retreat that we gave and um, the the spiritual headmaster, Father Joseph Mary of the Community of St. John. He's the one that really etched this into stone in my heart as being, wow, these really are. They're like the three key secrets, if you will, to being able to live a life that is oriented towards magnifying God. So um 
gratitude. Let's just talk about that. First of all, I think that at the heart of, of gratitude is this idea that we are oriented towards giving back to one who's given more, right? So when we think about gratitude, I mean, we could look at St. Thomas, we could look at lots of definitions, we could look at the way the world has taken it. There's a lot of fad around gratitude, gratitude journals, and, and everybody needs to be, be grateful. But fundamentally, it's this disposition and within our homeschooling that says, oh my gosh, I have this incredible privilege. Sometimes we wake up and think, I cannot believe I have to homeschool my kids again. It's so heavy and it's so hard and it's so messy and I'm not doing it right. And why am I doing this? And when we shift into that disposition of saying, I live in a day and age where I have the freedom, the means, the opportunity, the privilege. Wow. We begin to, we approach our day. We approach our kids with such a different spirit. And um, there've been seasons in my life where I haven't had the opportunity to homeschool the way I wanted, or, or even at times when we've had to outsource to different, different support systems. And gosh, you just really, when you sit in gratitude, you really begin to realize what an incredible privilege it is. And so that's my, my first challenge to you all is, is to really, especially, uh, you know, as you, when, when those difficult moments come, just to, to step out of it a little bit and and to see the gift that gratitude is for you as a homeschool mom but then also to teach this for our children as a disposition for them to appreciate as well what's a practice that helps inculcate gratitude into our homeschool Ooh. yeah so i honestly i do think that there's something to be said about this um gratitude journaling, right? That's one of the things that I have actually done with my kids and especially when I'm beginning to sense entitlements or I'm sensing, hey, you know, mom, why can't you just snap your fingers and get me up on the ski mountain today because I'm a homeschooler and I should be able to ski <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. and whatever I want. Like, why do I have to work my life around uh, your schedule or whatever it is, right? So, um, you know, so when we sit down and we just, and this is just a simple practice, but whether it's a little notebook or it's a, um, you know, depending on the, the, the ability of your child, it might be just a verbal exercise, a little dictation. Um, just, yeah, five things you're grateful for. And yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've, I've had to take my kids and just say, hold on, we've got at least 37 complaints. Can we find five gratitudes? Right? <laughs> and they cannot, and I challenge them and they cannot be just the obvious, right? And they can't be things that you would have just said yesterday. Unique to today. What are five unique gratitudes mm, wow. that are totally, you know, different than what you would have been able to say yesterday. And um, that's a fun exercise. And of course, I mean, I can just think of so many times with little pouty lips, you know, <laughs> okay. I'm like, I'm not letting you off the hook, dude. Let's go. What's number one, right? And so sometimes it's a journal, but sometimes it's also just a more conversational practice. And, um, and when I challenge myself to this, it's hard. And that's the thing that I love about homeschooling is when I'm, you know, all perceptive and wise and I can, can give them a challenge, then I look and turn it back on myself. And I'm like, oh, this is mm. tough, right? This is tough. Mm. It is tough when we are especially, um, you know, feeling perhaps let down or our expectations. Oh, I just feel like this is such a reoccurring theme in, in homeschool environments, but in life in general. 
where we have an expectation of how something's going to go or the way our kids are going to respond because we showed up all bright and cheery and then somebody has an attitude. And before you know it, the whole crew, right, starts to to feel it. And, and we can have literally days where our homeschool just feels like it's beginning to spiral. Um, gratitude stops that, right? Mm. It puts on the brakes and it helps us to just reorient and reorient ourselves to what um, Father Joseph Mary would say. He would say, remember, he is God and you are not. <laughs> mm. oh, because gratitude opens us to adoration, right? Then we can adore. Then we can get back to that place where we're like, oof, not only is this a privilege, but it's it's really an incredible opportunity to participate in, in this relationship. And I feel like that's what that's the key. Gratitude entails it's a relationship. Kind of like I said when we at the beginning, when you look at St. Thomas, you look at others, it's 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 the fact that someone is given and therefore I have a I have what's due, what's due back is gratitude. And that implies relationship. Um, and I think that's just, again, it's such a, it's such a foundational and simple piece, but for our kids in this homeschool environment, I think they can get really, you know, again, we all do, we can all get really entitled and really think like, Hey, I, I should be able to do what I want when I want, or, or maybe it's, I don't want this. I want that. I want to go to school and there's pushback there, or right, there's all these different scenarios that we could discuss um, that we battle through the journey. And I, I love the, the gratitude exercise. Mm, I love it. It's so strengthening. It kind of tones up their sense of self. Um, mm. and, and also I'm very fond of, you know, staying small and letting God be big. Cause as soon as I start to get too big, uh, it's all on me and I get crushed. Um, yeah. but when I stop to think of everything that God has already done, I, I get, I have to laugh at myself for getting so upset and worried. I, I take it, take on too much. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's the perfect segue into next, our next little nugget for the day. Um, because I think gratitude, like I said, it disposes us to adoration. It disposes us to that disposition that says, Oh, I'm, I'm really the little one in this equation. And I'm so dependent upon the mercy and the provision and the providence of God. And that, that puts us in a position of humility. And so humility is the next key. The, when we are in a position of humility, we're living through that, uh, that not a, not a, not a self-deprecating, right? The, I think the idea here is oftentimes when we think of humility, we think about, you know, I have to have a low self-esteem or low opinion of myself. No, true humility is it makes us receptive to this omniscient wellspring of God's amazingness. Yeah. And what we realize is how incredible we are, how gifted we are, how capable we are, how much he's entrusted to us as parents. He's entrusted to us souls to raise, souls to form, souls to transform culture to, to, to transform. And this is an extraordinary, really an extraordinary, um, a gift. So that gratitude leads to humility. And I just, I think there's so many saints and there's so much we could lean into, whether it's, um, you know, little Therese, you know, I'm a little flower, right? I'm just a little <laughs> flower. And I, but I wish to be entirely his. And I think humility opens us. It's like, 
it's this springboard into, into greatness because when we're able to say kind of like the wise men, I don't know everything and the shepherds, I don't know anything, (laughs) right? We just, then all of a sudden we have this opportunity to be receptive. And that's Mm -hmm. what our lady was. She was like, okay, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be done to me. So humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking, it's thinking of yourself less. That's C.S. Lewis for you. And I think, again, when we think about homeschooling and we think about the the environment and the, the, the challenges of just continually ongoing, what we want is an, is an ongoing passion for learning, an ongoing love of developing the human person, then we have to continually retool our humility check because that's that's the gateway. Yeah. I I love that you brought up St. Therese, the little flower. She's one of my all-time faves. And I love that she saw herself as a little child, but she was asking to be a great saint, mm. not just to be as good as she could be or fulfill her vocation. She asked God for the grace to be a great saint. But she also said, I'm like a little child, like too small to even put my foot on the first step. So lift me up and carry me up the stairs to sanctity. So there's that, what you were saying, there is greatness in us. If we understand who does the heavy lifting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And honestly, let's get practical about this, right? Is um, I really think about uh, in my homeschool experience as a kid. So uh, some of you are familiar with my story. I was raised homeschooled, six kids. We had a handicapped, handicapped brother, uh, family business, a lot of things happening. My father passed away when I was 14. There was a lot of tumultuous upheaval. Let's just be honest. It was not easy. But in the midst of that, I cannot tell you how many times it was okay, lunch, everybody, time to transition. Let's jump in. Who's helping with what? I remember my mom countless times, you know, the servant of all is the greatest of all, you know, and she'd almost put it out there like this challenge of like, who's going to step up? Who's going to feed the little, you know, your little brother? Who's going to stay in the kitchen a little extra and wipe counters down before we can transition? Who's going to sit and do ABCs with the little sister while I get a chance to catch the sales call? You know, it. there's so many opportunities within the context of homeschool days where we can challenge one another to outdo each other in humility and in service. And the greatest among you shall be your servant, right? That's our Lord reminding us that if you want greatness, then you have to learn humility. Mm, amen. Amen. Mm. Good stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. So let's keep going up the mountain, um, <laughs> and, <laughs> if you will, like you said, and our Lord carrying us like little Therese in humility. I think about some of these great quotes that I researched beforehand. You know, we have uh, Aristotle talking about I'm sorry, Cicero, he's the one who said, gratitude is the parent of all of other virtues. Okay, so we started with gratitude as the parent of all other virtues. And then you have humility. Augustine says humility is the foundation of all other virtues. So there's uh-huh. some connection here. He says the found, humility is the foundation of all the other virtues. Hence, in the soul in which the virtue does not exist, there cannot be any other virtue except in mere appearance. Ooh, this is fun. And I think, you know, one of the things that I remember my mom did with us is she would give us these quotes. And even as a young kid, maybe 10, 11 years old, I started a quote book, little cheap Walmart quote book. And it was like, Ooh, let's, let's start capturing these incredible nuggets of wisdom. Um, I have not read Cicero through and through. I have not read Augustine through and through. I have not read Thomas through and through, but 
she exposed us to these concepts in ways that we could be enthusiastic about and almost take ownership of and and have in a positive sense a pride that said wow i actually have touched thought deeper mm. than my own and mm. those are building bricks to help us really give our kids that aptitude and ability to say hey i can think great thoughts i can live at this level i can converse with adults about topics that are very deep um about humility which is again the 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 challenge i know many of our homeschool whippersnappers they move into that teenage year and they okay. <laughs> can get a little inflated at times and it's often humorous <laughs> because we we have the ability within the homeschool environment to raise such bright kids such incredible individuals that's often the accolade right is that they know how to shake your hand and look you in the eye and speak with confidence and and intermingle between all the ages so much fruit and yet here we are saying gratitude humility and the last one is suffering suffering is the last key that helps us magnify god in our lives and going back to Therese, uh, I would willingly suffer all the sufferings in the world, even the most cruel martyrdoms, only to win one soul for Jesus. We have so many moments of white martyrdom in homeschooling uh, and in, in family life in general. And, um, and it's something that we often beat ourselves up with because suffering in the, in the homeschool environment comes, you know, it comes often in the form of not having enough time, time management challenges, not having enough finances to be able to explore what you want, dealing with, you know, the, the plethora of, oh, did I choose the right curriculum? Or, oh, I've got a kids with special needs, or um, I'm just feeling so burnt out, or I'm pregnant for the sixth time and I'm exhausted and I, ha I can't be creative with the, the littles like I used to be. Um, these sufferings often we choose to take on as again, kind of self-deprecating and almost like, well, then we're failing. And instead, like Viktor Frankl would say, it's when we, when we lean into the suffering <laughs> that it stops being suffering, right? It becomes meaningful, it becomes purposeful. And so I think my big message and my big challenge for those that are, are in the throes of it is just to realize that when the suffering comes, it's exactly where you need to be. It's the tool that teaches our kids more than anything. More than anything. Yeah. And we're going to talk uh, a bit more with Chantal. I've got to just take a quick sponsor break, everybody. I hope you're enjoying this. We've got lots more great insights. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Walter Crawford. And I'm Maureen Whitman. We are the co-founders of homeschoolconnections.com and proud sponsors of the Homeschooling Saints podcast. Which is here to help you homeschool more joyfully, more easily, and more effectively. We want to thank you for listening. And we invite you to check out our courses at homeschoolconnections.com. And now back to our program. All right, we're back. And we're talking about that tough subject that Catholics talk about so much and can, can really draw so much meaning from. So take us a little further down the road and, and give us some uh, particulars and some fruits that you're seeing in your family. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's something that I'm, I'm very acquainted with, and I think almost all of us are, is, is sorrow, is suffering, is disruption, is the unexpected. Um, and when I think back to my own homeschool experience, and then I look at the last, you know, I've now have my 
first two of my scene, my second senior passing out of the, the homeschool nest. Um, it's the hardships that have galvanized all of the things I've wanted to teach them. It's what mm -hmm. makes classical education come to life. It's what makes, you know, hands-on learning more practical when they're facing the challenge with you. And I think about the loss of my dad and the, like I said, my little handicapped brother. And I think about just the challenges that I faced even emotionally in the inner part of my own development as a, as a young person. Um, and, uh, and this is, this is where the rubber hits the road. This is what, what makes especially our homeschools Catholic. We give and ascribe meaning and purpose to suffering in a salvific way that we get to do it for others. We get to offer it up. What homeschool doesn't have that phrase yeah, etched hello. into the fiber of it, right? <laughs> hey, tough luck, offer it up, right? <laughs> so, and, um, you know, and so, yeah, a lot of it is the offering it up of the little annoyances and the little disruptions and the little things, but it's, it's the bigger stuff too. And it's the, it's the illnesses. And it's the, I think, especially um, one of the sufferings that I've had to really come to grips with is not being able to be as engaged as I've had to take on more of a role for earning for my family. And that suffering, that longing, that desire to do more is very hard. Um, you know, and, and eventually we go back from the, from that place of suffering. We go, oh yeah. All right. Humility. Okay. Gratitude. And so these three play so much into our ability to not only not only just live it, I don't want us to, to settle for a life of acceptance, right? That sounds kind of sad or, oh, this is just as good as it gets, but it makes, it makes what might not seem to the world or even, you know, on some sort of, you know, graded chart <laughs> uh, as being perfect or, or exceptional and it makes it great. And that's, I think it's a different metric. It's a different measure. How yeah. much have you suffered? How much have you suffered? that's going to be the metric of your homeschool. Yeah. And, and I want to just touch right into that place that you were just at, which is we can have the mistaken understanding that to be grateful, to be humble, to have redemptive suffering as an understanding in our lives can mean accepting a low bar, can mean settling into resignation that is not a holy resignation. What it really should do is make us strong and adventurous because we know that there is good that draw, God draws out from suffering, that in our littleness, God is still big, that He makes beautiful things come from what we do and we have much to be grateful for. And so I love that you just tied it all together. Like this is all of one beautiful cloth and well worth kind of calling out the different threads of that cloth, if I can stretch the metaphor mm -hmm. a little bit so that we understand um, these little pathways into a greater, more adventurous, more powerful life. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, I think, the, the beauty of seeing, um, seeing children who've emerged through the experience. And I take a lot, of, a lot of solace in that now. I'm like, wow, I thought I was messing them up half the time, right? We had <laughs> this transition and this transition. We moved here and we did this ministry. We, 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 our homeschool experience has been not at all, you know, the cookie cutter little cottage one room schoolhouse that I envisioned it would be. <laughs> right? It's been on the road, on the go. It's been half here, half there. It's been partly him, partly me, partly my sister, partly, right? Like we've had so much variety and not necessarily because I wanted to have a lot of variety, but because that's what I 
had handed to me. Mm. And, um, and I think the more that I was able as a mom, just simply to lean into that and say, you know what, Lord, you get to make up what's lacking in this, because this is, this is the path you've handed me. Then you begin to move into that place of, of a holy detachment, you know, where you can just say, okay, you are God. I am not, I will wake up. I will give you my best for today. I will invest whenever I see a moment arise. And that's honestly one of the things that I began to be very aware of is look, I homeschool in bits and spits and moments here and there all the time. Love learning life. That's the motto that my mom gave us as, as a young homeschool. And I've just carried that through. It's like, look, this is, it's, it's constant. I have a hard time distinguishing between school and life. It's, it's just is. And the more that we begin to live in that spirit of gratitude, humility, and acceptance of our suffering, then we begin to, we just begin to see that he is, like you said, he's knitting it all together in spite of us, despite us, however you want to put it. It's not, it's not dependent on whether or not I have everything figured out. Mm. And that's really consoling. Yeah. And I just want to say to everybody too, that without um, separating out into another topic, that Chantal, if you haven't already been following her, definitely check out her website. There's always something interesting going on there. She is influencing beyond the home through these incredible platforms that we have, and lots of other ways too, in person as well. But um, just say a little bit to Chantal about how this kind of, um, this life that uh, love learning life uh, way of being also then expands out into influencing you you said earlier on the culture what kinds of yeah. things are branching out in that kind of all, more threads mm. from the same cloth what does that look like for yeah. you beautiful yeah. yeah absolutely um i remember as a very young girl that my mom in her homeschool with us she said you're a leader that was the language she used you're a leader and I was like, I, okay, guess I am, right? Like I was just <laughs> told I'm a leader. And so as I stepped into that, um, that call, if you will, uh, it has, it's, a, it's led to a lot of different types of activity outside the home um, in, in both coaching and mission work and in speaking and not all of it again, tied up in a pretty bow. It's not always perfect, but this, this, in, this effort to basically bring to the culture the truths that I learned in my homeschooling has been part of what I have made my mission. Too many homeschool families stay in this little cyclical environment, in this little protected bubble, and they forget that we do that for the intention of being able to then battle and go out and actually proclaim. I am not opposed to this Benedict Option community support, build up, nurture, harbor, right? Nur that's really important. We need those incubators in order to pour into our kids beautiful thought, incredible learning, but not to stay there. That becomes a dead sea. That becomes, you know, that it has to flow out. And so that's been part of what my, my work has done is, is Honestly, it's been motivated by that intention, but it's also been financially motivated. It's been motiva motivated by lots of different things to basically say, hey, there's more work to be done. And I'm, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to leave anything on the table. So as a mindset coach, I'm, I'm helping to impact men and women in this place where they get so muddled, right? <laughs> so yes. many battles are waged right here oh, um, yeah. in health. 
uh, I've definitely been active in that community and really helping people to realize the the synergistic connection between your body and your spirit. And that there's a way to live without, um, you know, giving way to the enemy who likes to play on both sides of the coin in medicine and in, and in the new age movement. Like there's lots of places where these, uh, these passions have overflowed. And in particular, right now, I'm very passionate about focusing on helping mothers who are also having to earn either through a need or a desire, you know, entrepreneurial mothers. Um, Yeah. And I want to get you back to do that topic, Chantal, because you've been doing it a long time in a lot of different ways. And I think sometimes we wonder, how can my gifts flourish? without having to leave the home completely, right? How, and you've done that so well and with so much mm-hmm. integrity. So, um, yeah, so let's definitely have you back to deep dive into that. But but leave us with some final thoughts to kind of tie it all together as you mm-hmm. were starting to yeah. do, actually, before I interrupted you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think this, this is a, it's a beautiful topic. And again, I think back to the family camp where we had all these youngsters and older teenagers playing their music on their guitars and the kids playing checkers around the campfire and and adults finally putting their feet up for a minute and just soaking in the stars. And yeah, I mean, of course there was the occasional bump bruise or otherwise, but (laughs) what I realized in that moment, as we were all just sitting at the feet of father, hearing this message of humility, I'm sorry, gratitude, humility, and suffering was that it was applicable to all of us. Every single one of us were putting ourselves going, Oh yeah. I can see how that's relevant to me. And so that's my encouragement to you is just to to perhaps take this as a little prompt for discussion with your kids, with your spouse, in your own inner dialogue. And just, you know, it's it's always good to have have a little, again, a metric to measure yourself by and just say, wow, yeah, boy, I've been living in this place of just real, you know, discontent with homeschooling. Why? I should be grateful, right? Let me, how can I exercise (laughs) that more? How can I be humble about the fact that I don't have it all together and yet accept that God's working exactly through that lens. And when I'm in a place of humility and adoration, he's going to truly uh, bring the wisdom out of me. I don't know how, but he does because I am his daughter, right? I am, I am, he, he's equipped me with what I need. And so again, that humility isn't, I'm not enough. It's actually, I am so much because of him, right? That's why our lady could say, all generations will call me blessed wasn't because she was so extraordinary. It was because he made her that way. He etched into her, her sanctity and the incarnation himself. And then I think with suffering is that's an unavoidable part of our human journey. So let's leverage it. Let's not run away from it. Let's not think it's a problem that we have to, you know, completely eradicate. You're not going to, that's, that's, that's a futile effort. But when you say, Hey, let's lean into this and actually make these hard moments are shining moments. They're the ones that will be the great stories, the greatest legacies, the deepest memories, and so much opportunity for learning comes out of them. So be not afraid. Mm, Thank you so much. You're giving me the holy shivers. Um, (laughs) Just glad I was here to hear it and that it was being recorded. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. It's always a joy. Oh, yeah. Wonderful to have you, Chantal. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We're so grateful that you listen. Uh, We pray for you. I hope you're praying for us, too. And God bless all that you're doing with your families. Um, Have a beautiful day, and we'll see you next time. Bye now. 
And that's our show for today. Our program is sponsored by homeschoolconnections.com. Be sure to subscribe to Homeschooling Saints and leave us an honest review. God bless you and thank you for joining us.